Well, good afternoon. It's Sunday, and this is time for The Money Show. One hour of talking about the economy, your investments, your savings, anything having to do with money. And this is Harry Brown. Glad to be with you on this Sunday afternoon, February 13th. Have you gotten something for your spouse yet for Valentine's Day? I would call that a very important investment. It's not a speculation. I can tell you that if you don't get something for your spouse, um, you're going to lose. So I'd get with it. Uh, You can always run down to the drugstore and buy a box of candy if you have to. But we have other things to talk about today, so we'll leave that alone. If you have a question or a comment or anything you'd like to discuss having to do with the world of money, just give me a call at one 800 259 9231. Or you can email me. The email address is question at harrybrown.org. Question at harrybrown.org. And again, that phone number, 1 800 259 9231. Well, I've received some questions which I'd like to go over. I've received them by email, questions about investing and the permanent portfolio concept and other things. And I should mention that this broadcast is made possible in part through the good folks at the Permanent Portfolio Fund, which is uh, a fund that employs the permanent portfolio principle for you. And you can get more information about that fund by calling one 800 531 5142 or emailing them at permanentportfoliofund.com permanentportfoliofund.com so let's look at some questions here one of them is from Jeff in Florida who says I'm 30 years old and beginning to implement the permanent portfolio strategy and I will interject there to say that the permanent portfolio strategy is one in which you have a balanced and diversified portfolio so you're ready for whatever comes and you don't have to shuffle the investments around as your opinion of the future changes because whatever happens, one of those investments is going to be strong enough to outweigh any losers in the portfolio and keep the portfolio moving upward. And Jeff says, because I will not retire for many years, would I undermine the portfolio if I initially put more then 25% in stocks, and then slowly transition the portfolio closer to the 25% split as I age closer to retirement. This is what I have in mind, evening the percentages between stocks and cash as I age, but starting with 35% in stocks and only 15% in cash, but 25% each in bonds and gold. And with the exception of my gold holdings, my money is invested in a SEP IRA. Well, what I recommend, of course, is 25% across the board. If you do not do that, you do not have the security of the portfolio. If you do not have the portfolio balanced, uh, this is not a group of investments to be speculated on. This is a package. And if you alter the package, you don't have the security. You don't have the stability. Now, it may seem right now that cash is a poor investment because everybody knows the dollar is falling and the dollar is going to fall further. But all I can tell you is that the dollar has fallen before and then the dollar has risen. 
and then the dollar has fallen again, and then the dollar has risen. And there are all sorts of reasons that you can read in newsletters and on the Internet and everywhere else why the dollar is doomed. But those reasons applied before. They were perfectly valid ideas when the dollar was falling before. But then the dollar rose after the dollar had fallen. And this is the way of the world, is that things go up and down. Some things are no longer as valuable as they were 50 years ago. Other things will be more valuable 10 years or 20 years from now than they are today. Yes, things do move over long-term trends, in other words. But the point is that you should not take a fluctuation, or what might turn out to be just a fluctuation, as the end of the world or the beginning of uh, some new era or something else. The dollar is not in such bad shape considering other currencies of the world, and I fully expect the dollar to rise again against other currencies. And although it seems as though inflation should be coming back in the near future, there's no guarantee of that either. You simply do not know what's going to happen. And this little blip upward in the stock market of the last few weeks could be, well, it could be just a blip. So you could see the stock market fall apart next week or next month. I don't know that it will. I'm not even saying that it will. I'm not even guessing that it will. It just might. And to say that you're going to put more in stocks now and then taper off later, <clears throat> why would you even taper off? If you know what's coming next, there's no point in having a permanent portfolio that's even and balanced and diversified. Just put your money 100% in whatever you know is going to do best. The answer, of course, is that you don't know what's coming next. And I don't know what's coming next. And all those people who are so sure about what's coming next, and all those people who have this wonderful track record of knowing what's coming next in the past, none of them know what's coming next either. So my answer to the question is, no, I don't think it's a good idea to change the percentages and then taper them back. Warren out there in cyberspace says, The one problem I have in using your four investment vehicles approach is that most of my investable funds are in tax-deferred accounts. I have only about 40% of the 25% which you recommend for gold. To take the remaining 60% out of the tax-deferred investments to buy gold would be costly in terms of the taxes I would have to pay. As you have said, gold stocks are not a satisfactory substitute for physical gold. Would a fund invested in physical gold only, pardon me, a fund invested only in physical gold, such as GLD, be workable? Yes, I think that under those circumstances, it would be a good idea to buy one of the exchange-traded funds uh, or anything that you can find that duplicates gold that is suitable for your tax-deferred accounts. I think it's very important that you get up to snuff on gold. We do not know what's coming in the future, but if inflation does come back in the near future, it may be that gold will be the only investment in the portfolio doing well. And if you have only what looks to me like 10% in gold rather than 25%, I don't think that you're adequately covered to be able to handle it. And I have a message uh, 
from Ed out in cyberspace who says, what do you think of Jim Rogers' commodity index fund as an additional diversification? It is not available in Alabama as yet, so I guess Ed's in Alabama. Do you recommend any similar commodity investment other than precious metals? This is my final request of you. Well, he says final request because he was under the impression that we were no longer broadcasting the Sunday Monday program. And I should say something about that. For some reason, there was a rumor going around, and I received several emails from people uh, who referred to the fact that I was no longer broadcasting the Sunday Money Show. But as you can plainly see, we are. We had a mix-up, technical mix-up last weekend, so I wasn't on the air. But, believe it or not, I'm on the air right now. And I will continue to be Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. So... Getting back to Ed's question, I'll answer that right after the break. The phone number is 1-800-259-9231. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Harry Brown. My book, Fail-Safe Investing, will tell you what you need to know to create your own bulletproof investment portfolio. One that will protect you whatever the future brings. Prosperity, inflation, recession, even depression. And it will protect you without your having to predict the future or tinker with the portfolio. Best news of all, at libertyfree.com, you can download the book for only $9.75. That's right, just $9.75. You can read the book on your computer screen or print it out and read it in your easy chair. If you're tired of losing money on your investments, tired of the pressure of looking for the best investments, here's the way to have your own bulletproof portfolio, no matter how big or small your savings. To get a free sample chapter from Failsafe Investing, just go to libertyfree.com right now. That's libertyfree.com. Well, welcome back. This is Harry Brown. The phone number is 1-800-259-9231. And speaking of the phone, let's talk with Scott in Virginia. Good afternoon, Scott. Hi, sir. Uh, first time listener, first time caller, sir. Okay. Take your time um, and ask your question. Uh, yes, sir. Um, okay, I am 35 years old. And I have no real debt except for like rent and insurance uh, and cell phone and stuff like that. I have about twenty-two grand in savings. I have uh, about ten gold coins, fifty silver coins, and about two grand in an IRA. Uh, it's just that um, it's just that with the world the way it is, and with Bush trying to destroy Social Security, and with this. I'm not sure how you pronounce the Chloracovia in the winter that we're in the beginning of. Uh, got any ideas, sir? Yes, um, very definitely. Uh, the future looks dark in a lot of different ways, 
and in other ways the future looks bright, and the fact of the matter is that nobody can predict the future. And that's why I recommend that you have that $22,000 balanced and diversified so that you'll be protected whatever comes. And my recommendation, if you do it on your own, is to put 25% of it in gold, 25% of it in stocks, 25% of it in bonds, and 25% of it in cash. And at any given moment, you can look at the world as it exists today and say, well, 25% is too much for bonds or gold or any one of them. You might say that. And right now, one of the other ones looks good, so I ought to put more in that. But the fact is that you don't really know. Trends come to an end suddenly and reverse and go in the other direction. And trends that you think must be over by now have a way of continuing on far beyond the time that you expected them to. And the fact is that you don't know, I don't know, and all those people who are so confident about what the future is going to bring don't know either. So I would balance your portfolio that way. The alternative is to put the money in a mutual fund. Uh, there is a permanent portfolio fund that also follows the same policy of fixed percentages that never change and uh, that the fund is rebalanced from time to time to keep those percentages uh, permanent and that way it is protected for whatever comes. And the result of this in the case of the the portfolio that you do on your own. Over the last 30 years, such a portfolio has had only four losing years, the first, the worst of which was a 6% loss in 1981. Compare that with the stock market having lost uh, well over 30% in the years 2000, 2001, 2002. 30% cumulatively for those three years. And... Um, uh, you aren't going to make a big bundle this way. You're not going to have years with 50% gains or even 30% gains, but what you will have is a slow, steady increase in your savings. Now, if you want to set aside a certain amount of money to gamble with, that's perfectly understandable. So long as you have a fixed amount of money that you have set aside to speculate, and there you can play your hunches. There you can follow somebody down the barrel of a cannon if you want. There you can do anything you want with it, but you have to have it set aside and know that this is all that I'm going to play with, and if I lose it all, I'm not going to go back to the permanent portfolio and extract some money from it so that I can speculate some more and lose some more of that very valuable money that I'm depending upon for my savings. And you're right about Social Security. It isn't Bush that's ruining Social Security. Social Security has been... Uh, a bad deal uh, from the get-go, and especially over the last 30 years or so, and it's never going to make it to the end to, to where you retire. No matter what Bush does, no matter what the Democrats do, no matter what anybody else does, there are going to be drastic changes in it, which amount to much higher taxes or much lower benefits because this situation is so unsound and bush has no solution for that he's just talking about it must be changed and in the long run and in the final analysis no significant change is going to take place so you're right not to rely on social security that's why i think that that twenty two thousand has to be treated very preciously you need to keep adding to it and adding to it as you go along set up a way of uh, putting five percent or ten percent into your uh, savings with every paycheck if you possibly 
possibly can. Maybe your employer will even deduct it for you and put it in your bank account. And over time, uh, keep adding to the permanent portfolio so that your savings that you cannot lose that are secure will continue to grow. Is this making any sense? Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Um, it's just that I guess, I guess my question is me. Maybe I'm on the internet too much. It's just that. Uh, well, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of stuff on the internet telling you exactly what's gonna happen next. Go ahead. Oh, um, 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 I was just going to say about um, about how um, if the dollar falls any more, we could lose our status as a world reserve currency, and and. And with uh, the government uh, trying to turn this place into a police state, which they're already doing a pretty good job doing and all that, it's just that um, um, I do thank you for your advice very um, much, sir. Okay. Thank you so much for calling, Scott. And with regard to the dollar falling any further and no longer being the reserve currency, what the reserve currency means is that most governments of the world have reserves and they keep those reserves partly in gold, partly in U.S. dollars. Now, they have chosen those two items as the best things for their reserves because they are the most liquid uh, forms of money in the world. They are more liquid than the Swiss franc, than the Japanese yen, and even still for the euro and it is especially important for European countries not to keep their reserves in euros but to keep it in something that is separate from the euro so that it provides a safety net for those governments and it's going to take a lot more than what's happened up to now for most governments of the world to give up the US dollar as uh, as part of their reserves uh, what they may do is to cut back a little on the dollars they hold and uh, put a little bit more in gold. Now, those dollars that they're holding are primarily treasury bonds and treasury bills that they hold in New York or with the Federal Reserve Bank of New York uh, or just in the Bank of America or some other bank in the U.S., but they hold it in the form of bonds. And the fear by a lot of people is that they will dump all those bonds on the market and it will become very, very difficult to finance the federal debt here without interest rates going to 10, 15, or 20 percent. All of which is possible, but it is not as probable as the people uh, who are crying wolf think that it is. Anything is possible, but nothing has to happen. What we know about the future is only a guess, no matter how well-reasoned it seems to be. This is Harry Brown. The phone number is 1-800-259-9231. And we will be right back. Well, 
with that happy music, let's get back uh, to the business at hand. And I interrupted Ed's question earlier because we had to take a break, and then we went to the phones. And his question was, what do you think of Jim Rogers' Commodity Index Fund as an additional diversification? Now, obviously, any fund whatsoever that's attempting to beat the market is a speculation. Uh, and I will remind you of the difference between investing and speculating. Investing is when you accept the return that is available to everyone else. In other words, no special knowledge is involved, no special effort is involved. All you got to do is to just do uh, the investment and you get the same return that anybody else would uh, doing the same thing. Now, uh, here are some examples of investing. Putting the money in treasury bills or putting it in an index fund of the stock market where it just simply goes up and down as the stock market does and you get the same return that would be available to anybody else. Or, my favorite way, is to put the money in a balanced permanent portfolio or in the permanent portfolio fund, and you get the return that's available to everyone else without any special effort or any special knowledge. Now, anything else where you're trying to beat the market, where you're trying to improve upon that result, is a form of speculation. It implies that you know better than some than other people do, or you're relying on somebody who knows better than other people do what's going to happen in the future. And I used to do a lot of speculating, but I don't anymore. I guess I'm just too old, or I just have other things on my mind. I really am a very, very busy man. And so I really don't have time to devote to speculating anymore. And I've also just lost my my interest in it. I used to love to go to Las Vegas and play blackjack, too. And gambling there doesn't appeal to me that much anymore, so I don't do it. Um, it's just something, I guess, that happens with age. So I don't pay a lot of attention to all these different speculative opportunities that come along. But I would only do them with money I can't afford to lose. And it doesn't do me any good to investigate Jim Rogers' Commodity Index Fund for you because if I did, I would just be looking at it and saying, is this something that feels good to me to do with speculative money? And my feelings are different from yours. If you have set aside some money for speculation and you find something that looks good to you, there really is no point in asking anybody else what he thinks of it. Just make sure you're doing it only with money that you can afford to lose. All right, let's go now to the phones again and talk with Rob in Pennsylvania. Good afternoon, Rob. Hello, Harry Brown. What's up? Well, you know, me as a listener to the Saturday Night Libertarian Conversation, this is the first time I've finally gotten around to listening to the money show. Very interesting indeed. Good. Um, now, before I ask the money question, I, I wanted to point out that um, I'm, I don't want to diss the Genesis Network, but uh, they have great shows. But I'm having a harder time listening to you on the computer than before you switched networks, and I don't know if how much of it is a problem with my computer or my ISP or with the servers over there. Do you know anything about this? Well, it may be a combination of both. Um, my wife listens to the program. Um, she's at the other end of the house, and she listens on her computer and doesn't have any trouble. But this is, is not unusual that you just have a combination of the sender and the receiver that 
something seems to be wrong and the receiver says, well, everything else I do comes out right, and the sender says, well, everybody else I send to, it comes out right. So I can't really say, but it appears to me that everything's all right. I download the shows uh, afterward and, of course, uh, edit them slightly and put them in the archives, and I listen to them that way, and they seem to me to be all right, so... Uh, evidently I'm not having a problem so I'm sorry you are what you might do is if you really find it difficult to listen to the shows if the quality has deteriorated that much then uh, just wait and listen to them on the archives if you go to my website right at the top of the home page you'll see a link to the archives of the show right. and that applies to both the political show on Saturday nights and the investment show on Sunday afternoons and most likely you'll find there that the quality is good because it's being fed in a different way to you, and it might overcome whatever the problems were getting it directly from the network. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have uh, my my retirement fund. is. Uh, have you ever heard? Well, you know about Vanguard, right? You sure. Them? Yeah, well, I, I that's where I'm doing my investing for retirement, uh, like a tax-deferred thing. And uh, actually... I've been woefully ignorant about investing and money and all kinds of things, and uh, it was only when I lost my job with a major bank uh, back in 2003 and I had to do a a rollover of my pension fund that basically I got on the Internet for maybe about a week and just took a crash course just studying articles at, uh, oh, maybe at Bankrate or, oh, I forget, uh, the main website that I found helpful, I think, was probably Motley. Is it called Motley Fool? Do you know uh, the one yes, I've heard, I've heard of that. I'm not familiar with it, but I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, so I sort of like tried to learn as much about this stuff as I could and um, talked with a couple experts, and I don't know. So basically what I ended up doing was rolling the pension fund that I had with the bank where I worked into um, what they call a target fund, at uh, Vanguard, and I think the target year of the fund is maybe around the time I turn 75 years old, so, uh, you know, like 40 years from now or something like that. I forget the exact number. Uh, I see. What is the um, fund invested in, do you know? Well, you know, like I say, I'm really ignorant about these things. It's a, I guess it's a mutual fund, and it's, but it's one of these things. I got thinking about this when you were answering that one fellow's question earlier in your show today. It's one of those funds where it changes the ratio of stocks and bonds, you know, aggressive versus sure. conservative investments over time. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is that even with, even when you have it being managed by professionals like Vanguard who have a really good reputation and they have a low, um, what do you call that, a cost index? Uh, or uh, Low uh, administrative costs. Uh, yeah, Um I mean, they have a really good reputation, and I feel fairly confident about what I'm doing, but I don't really know that much, and I haven't read your book, Fail-Safe Investing, yet. Um, but it sounds to me like you're saying that it, regardless of what age you know, or how far you are from retirement, you, you think that this business of uh, changing ratios over time is inferior to just having that fixed diversification Right, as long as the diversification is real diversification, not just diversifying among different kinds of stocks or just diversifying between stocks and bonds, but also having gold and cash in there because uh, both stocks and bonds do poorly during an inflationary period. And you're going to hear 
that a lot of people say that stocks over time always come through, that in any 20-year period, the stock market will go up, and so on. But you don't know that that's going to happen, and you don't know that it's going to happen when you need it the most. Uh, if you have further question, Rob, uh, hang in there. Otherwise, I'll answer what you said when we come back. And um, you stay tuned, folks, because we're still going to be here for another 20 minutes. This is Harry Brown. Welcome back. This is Harry Brown, and we're talking with Rob in Pennsylvania. And, Rob, uh, go ahead. Oh, well, you mentioned, uh, before I called in, you mentioned um, some sort of a mutual fund that's already diversified according to your basic formula or something like that? Yes, they do not use the same percentages that I do, but they get pretty much the same results. Their uh, breakdown of investments is more complicated than mine, but then they're a mutual fund. They can handle that complication, whereas I have tried to make it as simple and direct as possible for individuals who set it up on their own so that it is easy enough to keep up and they don't at some point say, oh, this is too much trouble or too much work or I, I just can't handle it and they, they drop it at the worst time. So, the, But the mutual fund has had similar results over the year to the results that I've had with the personal permanent portfolio. And that mutual fund is the permanent portfolio fund and you can get more information about it by going to their website, permanentportfoliofund.com or call 1-800-531-5142. And they, too, have had just something like two or three losing years in the, what is it now, 22 years that that fund has been in existence. And the worst loss was something like 7 or 8%. Uh, and otherwise, they have... Uh, you know, had the same slow, steady, stable increase in value that uh, I have found with the the individual fund. Uh, whose fund is that? Uh, well, the fund uh, is under the rubric of a, of a family of funds called the Permanent Portfolio Family of Funds. And they actually have four funds, one of which is the Permanent Portfolio. And the fund uh, family was started in 1982 by Terry Coxon, uh, who was the co-author with me in a book called Inflation Proofing Your Investments in 1981, in which we said, yes, you should inflation-proof your investments, but you've got to be prepared for much more than just inflation because inflation could end at any time. And we presented in that book the full-blown and permanent portfolio concept. I had introduced the concept in a very rough way in a 1978 book, and then he and I together wrote that 1981 book, and when, after the book came out, he decided to go ahead and start a, the permanent portfolio fund, and he asked me to be a consultant when I was and helped him set it up, and I've remained a consultant to the fund for the 
time that it's been in existence. And a few years ago, Terry retired from the fund, but the person who had been working with him for a number of years took over the fund. That's Michael Cagino, and he's handling it now. They also have three other portfolios. One is an aggressive stock portfolio. Another is a T-bill money market fund, one that invests only in treasury securities and is uh, therefore the safest kind of money market fund. And then they also have a variable bond fund in which they invest in corporate bonds. But the, the bellwether, the flagship of the fleet, is the permanent portfolio fund. And that's what you can find out about if you call 1-800-531-5142. All right, uh, thank you. And uh, somehow or other, I just gave a commercial for it. That's cool. That's what I wanted. Okay. Thanks so much for calling, Rob. Thank you. Rob mentioned that he's a listener to the political show, and you may enjoy that. It's on every Saturday night at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 Central, 8 Mountain, 7 uh, Pacific, and I guess that would be about 6 in the morning in Kabul, Afghanistan, in case that's where you're listening. And there, of course, we talk about political and social matters, but you may find it interesting. It's all done from a free market perspective, and we try to look at things from angles that you will not see on television or not hear elsewhere on talk radio. And I mention this because next Saturday night we will have as a guest on the show Anthony Weil, who is the president of the Free Market News Network, which is a new uh, Internet network about a year old that uh, presents television and radio and written commentaries and news in the investment world and in the political world. And I do a great deal of writing for them. They uh, uh, run uh, many, many of my articles. I've recorded videos for them, and I've also done uh, three or four radio interviews with them. And all of that is archived on their website, along with what must be now in the hundreds of radio and video interviews uh, done by other people, interviews and just plain monologues. And there's a great deal of interesting material there, and Anthony Weil wants Free Market News Network to be the number one radio and television network on television, uh, on the Internet, uh, which is very possibly going to be the primary source of news and commentary for people more than commercial television or cable television in the next five years. It is growing rapidly as a way that people are getting the information that they want because you can get it when you want it and you can get it in the form that you want it rather than having to take uh, what is offered in the sequence that it's offered by a TV news broadcast. Uh, well, that music needs, means we need to take another break, but we do have another segment left, and I hope you'll stay tuned for it. This is Harry Brown. Uh, we don't have time for any more phone calls, but I will uh, have some things to say when we come back, so stay tuned. This is Harry Brown. You've worked too hard for your savings to risk them on somebody's grand plan to double them. Wouldn't you rather have a safe, secure portfolio, one that grows steadily each year without the wide swings in the investment markets? 
For 25 years, I've shown people how to have such a portfolio, one that made money the past few years rather than losing heavily. Now you can get that same help from my book, Fail Safe Investing. You can have that secure, bulletproof portfolio. You can download Fail Safe Investing at libertyfree.com for only $9.75. Then read it on your computer screen or print it out and read it in your easy chair. The book can give you the security you crave without becoming a speculator or a market whiz. Go to libertyfree.com to read a sample chapter and then start protecting your savings. Failsafe investing can be yours tonight at libertyfree.com. Welcome back. Harry Brown here, and since this is the final segment, I'd like to take uh, this opportunity to thank John Harmon in Minnesota for taking care of all the engineering duties in such a way that we have stayed on the air for this entire hour. And I also would like to thank you very, very much for listening to the show. I appreciate your patronage, and I hope that you will tune in again next week. I mentioned Anthony Weil of Free Market News Network was going to be on the political show. I just wanted to make sure you understood he'll be on the political show Saturday night and not the investment show on Sunday. But Free Market News Network is a good source of news on investing, uh, mostly speculative investing, uh, please understand, and a very heavy uh, emphasis on mining, but also a great source for a wealth of articles and videos and radio interviews on social and political events of our time. So you can get it by just going to freemarketnews.com. I had intended to talk about the Social Security program that George Bush is going to be pushing and has already started pushing, even though he has no details of it. But I think it's very important to understand what's going on here with Social Security because you can easily be misled into thinking, wow, I'm going to be able to invest 4% of the 15% that's currently going into Social Security between me and my employer. I'm going to be able to invest 4% the way I want. Well, it's not as simple and straightforward, and it is definitely not as safe as what you can do completely outside the Social Security program. So all I'm saying is do not rely on Social Security. Do not think that Social Security is going to be sound as a result of the changes made, and do not think that the private accounts, the part of it that you will be able to get, is going to take care of your retirement. One last question that I had gotten a few weeks ago from Tom in cyberspace who asked about exchange-traded funds uh, that uh, invest in gold bullion. You are getting a receipt for gold bullion. You're not getting the gold bullion yourself. But if that's all you can do in a, uh, a tax-deferred account, then do it. Uh, if that's what's necessary to be able to, to get gold into the equation. 
but wherever possible, invest outside the tax-deferred fund in gold coins. There are also brokers in this country like Merrill Lynch and others who will set up an IRA for you and buy gold coins for you, so don't overlook that possibility. And if I haven't made that clear, just drop me a line and I'll discuss it more next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Harry Brown. I hope you do something good for yourself and your family this week, and don't forget your spouse tomorrow. See you next week. Come back. Mm -hmm. Come back, sweet poppers.